TII item 365, September 23rd, 2015, iOS 9.0.1, Chinese malware, and iPhone 6 and 6S Plus reviews. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. This episode is sponsored by Trunk Club. Right now, the entire styling service is free. Even the shipping is free. Visit trunkclub.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Stacy for sending in the music here in the background. Stacy wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this song called House Tone with the app Korg Gadget, and the track was mastered with AudioShare. This is from my album Space Age Sonic Goodness, where all the songs were created on an iOS device. You can find my music by searching for Spectral Seventh's two words in Spotify. Regards, Stacy P. Well, thanks, Stacy, for the music, and folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank EB for sending in the artwork for today's show. EB wrote the following. Hi, Rob. To create this artwork, I use the apps Pick Collage and Pixelmator. Regards, EB. Well, thanks, EB, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see EB's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 365 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS. And also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In the segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, Why will Microsoft dominate the tablet market? The answer is as simple as it is obvious. Windows will continue to dominate. For the same reason, it has always dominated the PC and laptop market and continues to do so by a wide margin. Let me make another obvious prediction. The iPad can never replace people's laptops and PCs, or even make much of an impact in these markets, because it simply does not even begin to have the same capabilities, not even close. Unquote. Tim Aikson, 26 January 2011. Let me make an obvious observation. Tim does not know the difference between pickups and cars, and which one sells a lot more of. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 364, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the iBook 40-some years of concert photography. If you are interested in this app or want more info, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 364. We're giving those sometime around mid-next week. This week, we have promo codes for the app Cool Timer Pro. Here is the written review from the dev. Quote, Smartphone Wear is a small developer team. Our best timer for iOS that was launched in 2011 and made it to the number one utility in the U.S. and many other countries and was selected by Apple for an App Store Rewind 2011 best choice. We've taken our great experience in timers and made an even cooler timer called Cool Timer Pro for iOS. The main idea behind Cool Timer Pro is not to count only time but also visualize it. Advanced animations and a futuristic design allow you to measure the time and to watch time flow. 
The application combines a beautiful hourglass, cool countdown, and an elegant kitchen timer, a reliable stopwatch, and a stylish multi-timer, all in one app. If you want an excellent visual timer indicator for your activities or you need your kids to wait patiently for a few minutes or to do homework for a certain length of time, try Cool Timer Pro, unquote. Well, thanks to the devs for their written review of their app, Cool Timer Pro, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put timer in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And finally, if English isn't your native language, you can also send me a written review and I will read that on the show. Alrighty now, let's start this week's episode talking about probably the biggest news this past week with regards to iOS, at least in the mainstream press. And nope, that's not about iOS 9 and its latest release or the coming launch of the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Nope, it was about Apple's malware issue or malware issue. What is not always clear is in the titles of these articles, or even in the bodies of some of them, what the real issue was. And that is that most of these apps that are, have the malware are being downloaded in the Chinese app store. Yes, they are available everywhere. But these are apps that are designed specifically for the Chinese market by Chinese developers. I'm not trying to minimize this. This is a major issue. This is an issue that Apple should have caught. Apple has now caught it and has been removing the apps. And again, there is the problem. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit later here. Let's, let's get into what happened. So how did apps with malware get inside the Apple walled garden? I mean, that's not supposed to happen, right? Well, they were built with a compromised version of Xcode. The malware is being called Xcode Ghost and was, being, and was used to build a bunch of apps for the Chinese market. So what happened was, a version of Xcode was taken by these hijackers, malware people, and it was rewritten so that when you created an app, it, it automatically put malware into the app you created. And then they put it up on websites. So this even includes a Chinese version of Angry Birds 2 built by a team from Rovio in China. It seems that I guess in China, the official download of Xcode can be really slow, really, really slow. So a few sites in China hosted what they claimed was Xcode, the official version, but really it was a modified version that when you built apps with it, it added in malware. So this isn't like creating a Trojan horse. This is like giving tools to the folks behind the walled garden saying, here, go ahead and build your own house. And the tools then had you know the bugs in it. So it, this was something that got around the walled garden by putting the malware into the apps when the app developers were building it. Apple has been pulling down apps, and the number of apps affected range anywhere from a low of 85 to a high of almost 5,000, depending on which article you read. Some of the affected apps are very popular in China, including the WeChat app, Angry Birds 2 by the aforementioned Chinese team from Rovio. There was Didi Chaoyong. I know I kill that one on pronunciation. It's D-I-D-I -D -I space C-H-U-X-I-N-G. 
It's a leading taxi requesting app. There's Railway 12306, a popular train ticket purchasing app, and China Unicom's mobile office, to name just a few of the popular ones. So what did Apple have to say about all of this? Well, since it's a G-rated show, I probably can't tell you exactly what they said about this. So let's just go to what they actually put out in a press release. And this is from the 25th of September, and they put this up as a post up on the developer's site. And they also sent it out as an email. Quote, we recently removed apps from the App Store that were built with a counterfeit version of Xcode, which had the potential to cause harm to customers. You should always download Xcode directly from the Mac App Store, think, or from the developer website and leave the gatekeeper enabled on all of your systems to protect against tampered software. When you download Xcode from the Mac App Store, OS X automatically checks the the code signature for Xcode and validates that it's code signed by Apple. When you download Xcode from the Apple developer website, the code signature is also automatically checked and validated by default as long as you have not disabled Gatekeeper. Whether you download Xcode from Apple or received Xcode from another source, such as a USB or Thunderbolt disk, or over a local network, you can easily verify the integrity of your copy of Xcode. And it goes on to explain how, yada, 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 unquote. So what should you do if you are in China? First and foremost, make sure you update all your apps. Many of the affected apps already have replacements built with a clean version of Xcode that was available, like Angry Birds 2. Beyond that, look for the link in the show notes for the article titled, These are the 85 iOS apps affected by Xcode Ghost malware, and see if you have any of those installed on your device. If you do, uninstall it, maybe even do a factory restore and start all over. I'm going to riff here for a second and just say, this is a major issue. One of the big reasons that we are all on iOS, many of us are on iOS, is for the security. And the, you know we trust that Apple is going to protect us in that walled garden and we don't have to worry when we download an app. For Apple to let this many snakes get into the garden, that's a big issue. It's not just one or two snakes. This was at least 85 and maybe as many as 5,000. Again, a very small percentage out of a one point something million, but a high, high number from what we traditionally expect from Apple. Hopefully, Apple puts in place checks and balances to make sure this doesn't happen again from a programmatic point of view, not just from a human checking point of view. And then obviously, if you're an app dev, what in the world are you thinking downloading an app from a third-party source, especially if you're in China? That's just plain dumb. So there was you know, two parts of responsibility here. One on the developer side, that's just plain stupid what they did. And then two on Apple's side for not having checks and balances in place. Now, hopefully they'll put those in place and this will be the end of this issue. But don't expect this to be the end of the issue of third parties putting pirated and hacked versions of Xcode up on websites and hoping to do this again. Because this is not the last time someone's going to try this, especially since it's successful. And right now, there's a big question mark hanging over the App Store. Is these the only apps? Did Apple locate them all? Did they identify them all? Was there another version out there? You know, Apple has some things to do. Like I said, what did Apple say? Well, when they first found out, again, this is a G-rated show, and we can't say what Apple first said when they found out about this. 
All right, now let's get into some news about iOS 9. And Mixpanel was looking at the iOS 9 adoption rates, and what they found was that in just three days, Apple did with iOS 9 what it took over nine months for Android to do, and that was to get above the 20% adoption rate for the latest and greatest software. And then on Monday the 21st, just five days after launch, Apple reported the following, quote, the fastest iOS adoption ever, with more than 50% of devices already using iOS 9, unquote. Clearly not people that listen to this podcast, or podcasts a lot for that matter, because there is one confirmed and major bug that is for the heavy podcast app users. The podcast app is still crashing and burning for many. Or more precisely, when you go to open up the podcast app, it takes you to a white screen with the words updating library and a spinning wheel. Then about 15 seconds, give or take in five seconds, later, the app crashes back to the home screen. I've been talking to Apple about this, sharing my crash log files and anything else they want. At this point, it does appear to be a very small percentage of users this is affecting, but a small percentage of users is still a big number overall. Uh, there is an Apple iTunes forum board post on this with over 11 pages of posts and 15 posts per page, so it's already over 160 posts on there. If you, like me, updated to iOS 9, and you, like me, were a power consumer of podcasts, and you, like me, are now seeing the white screen and crash, sadly, there is no simple solution for you or me. For some, with quotes around some, for some users... They have wiped their iPhone clean to factory fresh settings and were able to get the podcast app to open. Well, at least until they tried to set it back up with their backup. And then it crashed again. Others could not even get it to work with a full restore, full swipe. Another thing we know is it's not limited to one set of hardware. This issue is affecting all makes and models of iOS devices that update to iOS 9 and had a healthy podcast library. Again, the percentage is small, but for this audience, it'll probably be much higher. If you have subscribed to more than five or 10 podcasts ever, do not update to iOS 9 at this time. If you do, well, there's always a TI app for direct consumption of the show, and there's Overcast and a bunch of others. Um, the, actually, the beneficiary of this issue seems to be Overcast, which was in the top 30 of the free news apps this week. And for the paid news apps... PocketCast, Downcast, and Podcruncher were all in the top 10. At Lipson, we have been watching to see if this issue affected overall downloads, and it has not. There are actually more downloads in the seven days after the release of iOS 9 than there were in the seven days prior to the release of iOS 9. That's a modest 1.3% increase. So whatever is happening, it's not affected or has not affected podcast downloads yet. At this point, it looks like it will take a double dot update to fix the issue. And yes, people running iOS 9 beta 1 and beta 2 are still having this issue. Hey, and speaking of double dot updates, Apple released on the 23rd the first double dot update for iOS 9, and that is iOS 9.0.1. And no, this does not fix the podcast app issue. Wah, wah, wah. What it does fix is the following, quote, fixes an issue where some users could not complete setup assistant after updating, fixes an issue where sometimes alarms and timers could fail to play, fixes an issue in Safari and photos where pausing a video could cause the pause frame to appear distorted, 
fixes an issue where some users with a custom APN setup via a profile could lose cellular data. If you are already updated to iOS 9, then yes, go ahead and update to iOS 9.0.1. It is available as a pretty small over-the-air update, just 35 megabytes in file size for my 6 Plus. File size will vary depending on your iOS device. Another bug being reported with iOS 9 that could be a key reason not to update is that for some users, it is breaking VPNs. Like with the podcast app, this is something first noticed in the betas and not fixed yet. Cisco had the following to say about this bug, claiming, quote, a couple of OS regressions between iOS 8.4.1 and iOS 9. Most notable is that when doing split tunneling, the tunnel all DNS option no longer functions as expected. This was reported to Apple under radar number 22558059. This is not resolved in the iOS 9 release, unquote. As with the podcast app, it is not affecting all users, but for some users, DNS resolution will not work for them depending on their network setup. Some corporate servers will no longer be usable by the users even after they had successfully logged in. And when users can't, you know, use it, that's an issue, especially for those required to VPN to their work servers to access docs and other things. So if you are someone that relies on VPNs at work to get your work done, you definitely do not want to upgrade to iOS 9 yet. And even Cisco seems to be saying the only solution if you have a VPN issue in iOS 9 is to downgrade to iOS 8.4.1 for now. Another issue some iOS 9 updaters are reporting is their iOS devices getting hot and sucking down the battery life like a thirsty four-year-old sucks down a juice box. The solution for you if your iOS device is getting warmy and toasty and the battery life sucks is simply to do the reset network setting step I always recommend. Yep, that seems to fix the vast majority of people reporting issues with iOS 9 with regards to the device warming up and the battery life going down. Of course, they probably would not have had this issue if they had done that prior to updating to iOS 9. I do find it funny that every year I recommend two things. That one is to wait, and two, if you're going to update, at least force quit open apps, back up, and then reset network settings for update. And every year, someone will go out of their way to say that they did not listen and had no issues. But then I also have many others that say they wish they had listened, like this email. Dear Rob, why, why, why didn't I heed your advice and wait a couple of weeks to update my iPhone 6 to iOS 9? The iPhone is slow to respond when opening and closing apps at times. It has definitely lost some zip in areas here and there. I should have waited. Regards, Chris G., Russell Springs, Kentucky. P.S. A couple of episodes back when you recorded from a hotel, I thought it actually sounded great. Well, thanks for that feedback, Chris. And I would suggest at this time to first force quit open all open apps, then go to settings, general, reset, and then choose reset network settings, and then see how things are working. By the way, this is not voodoo that I'm recommending. This isn't some chicken bones and chicken blood and dancing around on one foot and singing a song or anything like that. It's, it's not about putting magnets in your socks and hoping to cure some ailment. This is based on advice we had sent in long ago and is given out at Apple stores and Apple support. The theory is that sometimes you get a rogue process that goes running on and on and on, especially one that is pinging a network over and over and over. And that causes the battery issues 
and slows down other items with your OS. By force quitting apps, then resetting network settings, in theory at least, all background activities should be closed out, especially any that have been having issues. So that's why I recommend it. That's why others recommend it. That's why you'll hear this recommendation from App Store and Genius Personnel. One question that came in from a few people is the H-E-Y Siri function that Apple mentioned being on all the time. How come that does not work yet in iOS 9? Well, because you need an iPhone 6S or 6S Plus for it to work all the time. It has to do with the M9 processor being brought inside the A9 processor. So it is a hardware limitation for making Siri always in listening mode. So sorry, folks, if you have a 6 Plus or the 6S or the 6 or 6 Plus or earlier, you're not going to get that. The HEY Siri on all the time listening mode is only for the 6S and the 6S Plus. There's another nice article from Johnny Evans over at Computer World talking about iOS 9's rapid adoption rate. Actually, earlier I made it sound like it took five days for iOS 9 to get to 50% adoption rate, but according to Apple, it was actually less than three days to get to 52% adoption rate, compared to the nine months for Android to get to 20% for their latest version. Ouch. Now you know why it's better to program for iOS. Anyway, if you were wondering if you should update to iOS 9 at this point, as long as you, one, are not a power user of podcasts and use the podcast app, and two, do not need VPN services for work, then the, you know, then for the rest of you, yes, it's safe to update. But if you're one of those two where you need, need and use the podcast app and need or use VPN services for work, I'd recommend holding off. Um, and I do highly recommend when you do update that you follow the procedures in the PDF and the TII app. It goes over step-by-step step what to do. Again, yes, there are more than steps than are probably needed for most, but if you do the update right, you'll have less issues likely down the line. One reason people were also waiting to upgrade to iOS 9 was that they were waiting for the delayed Watch OS 2 to be released, and released it is now. If you are updated to iOS 9 and have an Apple Watch, then yes, I would recommend you update to Watch OS 2. Remember, the original watchOS was really a beta, so watchOS 2 is the real software where you kind of get to see, get a start of seeing what's possible with the Apple Watch. First, you do need to update to iOS 9 on your iPhone. Then, quote, to install the watchOS update, make sure Apple Watch is, one, in range of your iPhone connected to Wi-Fi, two, connected to its charger, three, charged at least 50%, unquote. And yes, you do do the update from inside the Apple Watch app on your iPhone. Takes a little bit of time, 30 minutes or more. I think it was actually more. And uh, this is for the full download, install, and restart process. Some of what is new is new clock features, including new faces that include photos from your photo album and then time-lapse photos. You can now set favorite contacts directly from your watch. There is a new time travel mode which allows you to look into the future for the next few hours to see what events you have coming up. And if it's plugged into a charger and you put it on its side, it enters into nightstand mode where it shows you the time in big letters, the charge status, and the day and date. If you have a favorite new feature in Watch OS 2, please let us know what it is, or a favorite app that's a native app. Let us know what that is. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Or shoot us an email at todayinios at gmail.com. 
Hi, Rob. Love the show. Just thought I would let you know that after upgrading to Watch OS 2, my calendar stopped showing up on my watch, both my personal Gmail calendars and my corporate one. After lots of testing, repairing, etc., nothing worked. Then I found this article in the Apple Dev Forums, which it supplies a link to. Turns out there is an issue with MDM profiles, our corporate policies, that are stopping the sync. I confirmed this by removing MDM control and the calendars returned. Now waiting to see what MDM providers will say needs changing either their side or Apple side. Regards, Russ. Well, thanks, Russ, for the heads up on that. And I have heard from a few other listeners that had issues since updating to watch OS 2 as well, that they were having issues with calendars. So if you need calendar sync with your office, you may want to actually hold off updating to watch OS 2. But again, if that's if you're not with a corporate one, you should be okay. It seems to be working fine for my watch OS 2 with uh, my calendars. But then again, I'm not using Gmail calendars. So if you're just using the calendars on your Mac, iCal, the regular or built-in calendar app, you should be fine. I wasn't having any issues there. And we're very happy to have Casper back as a sponsor. Casper is an online retailer and manufacturer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price you're used to paying. Have you ever purchased a mattress by sitting on it for just a few minutes at the store, only later to regret it? That happened with us for our oldest son's mattress. We thought we purchased a good mattress, but oh my, we learned we did not. We would lay down with him to get him to go to sleep, and as we tried to get up, we, he would hear us and feel us moving and would wake him up. Very, very frustrating. But we were stuck with that mattress. However, with Casper, you get a 100-day risk-free trial period. You don't like it, you get your money back, and they come and pick it up and donate it to charity. That said, the mattress they sent is great and is definitely not going back. Well, <laughs> can't go back now. It's way, way, way past the 100-day period. It is a mix of latex foam and memory foam. No noisy springs to wake up your kid or significant other when you try to get up and try to sneak out to get some Girl Scout cookies from the pantry or just to exit their bed. Casper did an incredible job on the engineering and the feel of this mattress. The nights I record episodes, like tonight, the boys go and sleep with the mom. So when I am done, I can sleep on his bed now and my back is not all out of whack in the morning. But just as important as quality is pricing, and the pricing is really great. Twin mattresses are just $500, and they also have Twin XL for $600, full size for $750, Queen for $850, and then the King and Cal King are, are for $950. That is less than half the price my parents paid for their king-size mattress, and they can't stand their mattress. Like I said, you have 100 days to return it risk-free, and if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, you'll save $50 off those prices. This is an American-made mattress with delivery right now for the U.S. and Canada only, and it is free delivery. And when said mattress is delivered, it is from UPS in this squarish box that you think, no way there's a mattress in there. But you get a cool little tool to cut it open and the package, in the, open the package up, and the mattress just opens up and expands to form. It's kind of magical. A lot of us will be getting the new Apple TV when it comes out, and many of us will have it in our bedroom. So you can throw out that spending a third of your time in bed stat. It's going to be more. And for the cost of an iPad, but not as much as an iPad Pro, is it not worth getting the best night's sleep possible? And that is what you'll get with Casper, or what your kids will get. Again, to save $50 off the prices I mentioned, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress for my son and for sponsoring this show.
Hey Rob, Jeff again from Connecticut, probably eight hours after upgrade, uh, noticing a couple of strange things, updating apps, obviously all the apps are going to want to be iOS 9 compatible, and they're starting to pop up in the App Store. As you go to the App Store to download them and update them, the uh, apps say open instead of upgrade. And so uh, going online, there's some kind of strange workaround where you got to turn off Wi-Fi, turn it back on go back to the app store, go into update, quickly hit update all. If you're too slow, you got to go back, start it again. So that was kind of strange. And uh, this morning I went to do a, uh, a contact name search and I, I have the font size a little bit bigger than normal. And I'm doing a, I'm doing a name search, contact search, and all the names run into each other as if they're overlapping and not proper spacing. And that's Apple's you know, operating system. That's not an app issue where maybe a developer didn't do it right. That's Apple's stuff. So kind of strange out of the starting gate, couple of glitches, fingers crossed and not too many more. We know it's the first day and all that stuff. So we'll keep watching and I'll give you feedback. Thanks, Rob. Jeff, thanks for that feedback. And I do want to point this out. I've seen this myself and I've heard it from a few other people that they were doing updates on apps and then one of them would kind of get stuck and you just keep hitting on it in the updates and it would look like it's downloading the circle will come all the way around but then it just wouldn't finish to go where it says open so they were not seeing the open the solution to that was simply repowering not doing the full network resetting that I normally talk about but just powering the device down and back up and force quitting out of the um, the app store app first but powering the device down and then back up and then trying it and then it works. So with the TI app or any other apps that you're updating, if you get that where it's stuck, just force quit the pod, the App Store app, power the device down, repower it back up and then go into updates and do the update again on it and then it should work. Again, it happened to me. It's happened to a few people that listen to the show and they've all reported the same thing. Powering the device down and back up fixed the issue. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, I installed iOS 9 on my iPhone 6 and my iPad Air to at last night. I am very disappointed with what I've been presented with. The differences are minimal and it has broken the zoom feature on both devices. Neither respond to the three-finger double tap and drag gesture for zooming in and out. Apple has claimed that Siri is much better than before, but from what I've seen, there is absolutely no difference. Oh, and the H-E-Y Siri feature, which I understood was going to be available without the device having power. It does not work unless plugged in. The final nail in iOS 9's coffin, as far as I'm concerned, was the delay of releasing iOS 2 for my watch. As you can tell, I am not at all impressed. I'm interested to hear what your you and others listeners think. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Regards, Stuart Duncan, Dundee, Scotland. Well, Stuart, thank you for that feedback. As I mentioned earlier, the HEY Siri only works with the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. OS 2 is now released, so a few of your different things are taken care of. And there's now iOS 9.0.1. So hopefully for most of your issues, you've been resolved on. Uh, let me know how you're doing now a week later. Hey, Rob. It's Alan in Los Angeles. I just want to let you know about an issue for updating to iOS 9 on devices that are on iOS 7. I had two devices that this happened to where 
during the process towards the end of the update, it gets stuck on a screen that says slide to update. The best way around this is either to wait for a fix from Apple or you can update to iOS 8.4.1 first, which works fine, and then update to 9 from there. If someone has already done the update to 9 and is stuck in that loop, then they're going to need to restore the device using a downloaded iOS 8.4.1 file. Hopefully they have a backup that they can then restore that backup and then do the update to iOS 9. So I hope that helps some people out there. Thanks for doing your podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Alan, thanks for the great feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hey, Rob, in response to the person who did a restore of their iPhone and lost all their health data, I thought I'd share my experience with restores. You can save your health data when you do a restore. You will need to first unpair the watch from your device. This forces a watch backup to be stored on your phone. You can check this by going to settings, general storage, and iCloud usage, iOS 9, and then usage, um, or just usage in iOS 8, and then manage storage under storage, not iCloud, and watch. You'll see a list of recent backups which are performed when the watch is charging. Once you have your watch backup, you'll need to create an iCloud backup or an encrypted backup on iTunes on your computer. This is done by selecting the encrypted backup option in iTunes on the computer. When you restore your device, just repair the watch and it'll ask you to restore your Apple Watch. As for my experience upgrading, I haven't had any issues so far. Was very bummed to see that Apple decided to wait on watchOS 2, but glad they did and not and, and had another uh, did not have another update like they did last year with iOS 8.0.1, which I was affected by. I did come from the developer beta and the GM, so my updates were very small and only took about four to five minutes on my work connection. Also got my iPhone 6S reserved in store as I will be doing the upgrade program, but I did want to provide you with some insight. There is a second upgrade option Apple is doing in store called the iPhone installment plan. It's extremely similar to the upgrade program um, in, you make, in that you make payments over 24 months but does not include Apple Care Plus or the ability to upgrade every year. Great for people who are on a carrier financing plan and like that option, but don't want to be tied to a specific carrier. You can still switch whenever you want and continue making payments like normal. Regards, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon, for that feedback. Hi, Rob. On item 364, there was a mention uh, that doing an erase and full restore of the iPhone loses all of the personal data, such as health tracking. There is a way to reserve that data and restore it. This includes passwords stored and health and tracking, etc. If you connect to a computer running iTunes and do an encrypted backup, then restore from that backup, all the deeper personal data is restored. Regards, Bob from Santa Cruz, California. Well, thanks, Bob, and also Brandon for the heads up and reminder that using iTunes and the encrypted backup is the way to go if you want to preserve all your personal info and health data. Hi, Rob. This is Luis from Doha. I was wondering if you could give us more information, you or some of our users, could give more information on the Notes app, the new one. I just downloaded iOS 9, and when I first run the app, I get a notification that all my notes will be upgraded. Uh, right now, I use all my notes across my 
iPhone, which previously was running iOS 8. Then I have, I use the notes on my Mac, which is uh, not uh, running El Capitan yet. And also my company iPad, which I cannot update to iOS 9 right, right now. So I was wondering what's going to happen to my notes if I upgrade them uh, to my iPhone and uh, leave iOS 8 on uh, my company iPad and not having Al Capitan on my uh, MacBook. Uh, what's going to happen? Should I just uh, wait until I have everything uh, up and running iOS 9 and Al Capitan, or I can go ahead and upgrade the notes on my iPhone? Uh, what I'll be losing because... Uh, they don't give quite a good explanation on that, so I'm just afraid I have it upgraded on my phone, and then I lose all my notes. So if uh, you or someone could give a brief explanation on how to proceed, would be nice. Thanks for the show. Luz, thanks for calling in. And per the notes, if you really want to get all the full features of the notes and then have that where you have the sketches and the images and other things syncing back and forth between all the devices... You will need to have your Mac and El Capitan. You're going to need all your devices on iOS 9. Right now, if you go in, you're gonna, if you're syncing between a device that is not on El Capitan, you're going to have your regular notes, and then you're going to have the notes on my iPhone. And the ones on my iPhone that's running on iOS 9, in that notes, you can go ahead and do the detailed notes. But the other ones that you're syncing with devices that aren't, you're not going to be able to do the sketch and the other things. So for now, for detailed notes, you're not going to be able to get all the features that are launched in iOS 9, at least until El Capitan and your other device are upgraded to iOS 9. We are now well over 2,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Paul Hazeldean, who posted the following question, quote, since updating to iOS 9, my 6 Plus no longer reorients when reorients reorientates when I turn it on its side. I have to open up the app before it changes. Is this feature of iOS 9? Unquote. And I also saw requests about icons not rotating when turned. This has to do with the zoomed mode. Seems for some, updating to iOS 9, the zoomed mode was turned on. To get the iPhone 6 Plus back into standard mode, go to Settings, Display, and Brightness, then View, and then select Standard Mode. That will then allow your icons to rotate on the iPhone 6 Plus, as well as apps that are supposed to, like Mail and Notes, where you've got that split-screen kind of action going on. So again, go to Settings, Display, and Brightness, View, and then select Standard Mode if you're having issues when you rotate your iPhone 6 Plus from Landscaped to um portrait or portraiture landscape. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android boy fanboy's free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And one other note from the Google Plus community this past week, uh, that I wanted to highlight was a post from Myron Euchre, who wrote, quote, something I should mention that's new in iOS 9. It confused me when I first encountered it in the beta, so you might encounter this issue as well, is when the screen is locked, double-clicking the home button on your device, uh, thinking, or the device thinking you did, 
brings up the Apple Pay now, even if you aren't anywhere near an NFC reader. Under the Settings app for Wallet and uh, Apple Pay, there is a setting, double-click Home button. To turn that back off again, uh, we'll keep this from happening, unquote. And thanks, Myron, for that tip. Again, that was under the Settings app. And then for Wallet and Apple Pay, the setting is there, and you want to turn off double-click Home button. The reviewers, the ones that were given the iPhones early to review, well, they've put out their reviews. As I try to remember to do each year, I just go right to the final thoughts for each of those reviewers. And here are their final thoughts on their reviews for the iPhone 6S. From The Verge's Nile Patel, or Nile Patel, or I don't know, well, Mr. Patel. Quote, but if you have an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus and you're not ready to sign up for a yearly phone upgrade program, you might not feel the usual pull to get a new iPhone unless you really want a better front-facing camera. The speed improvements are incremental. The battery life is about the same, and I'll, it'll take a while for developers to really make use of 3D touch, and by the time that happens, it will probably be time to buy an iPhone 7, unquote. From Joanna Stern from with the Wall Street Journal, quote, the story of the iPhone 6S is the same as the 5S or the 4S before it. It is a slightly better iPhone. That must be what the S stands for. And like its S predecessors, it doesn't address all complaints. That's what the iPhone 7 is for, right? Apple? Question mark? Unquote. From Pocketlint, quote, The iPhone 5S readers looking to upgrade, you'll move leaps and bounds ahead of what you've come to expect from your phone while even keen iPhone 6 users will see benefits too. The iPhone 6S doesn't disappoint, unquote. From Walt Mossberg, quote, The iPhone 6S is the best smartphone out there, period. If you already own last year's model, you might not find its new features compelling enough to upgrade, but if you own an older iPhone or an Android phone, you're ready to ditch. This new iPhone will make you much happier, unquote. From John Gruber, quote, New number iPhones, 4, 5, and 6, are about showing off Apple's design prowess. The S models are about showing off Apple's engineering prowess. Storage capacities and battery life are unchanged from last year's iPhones. Everything else, the materials they're made from, the performance of their custom CPU, GPU, the quality of the cameras, the smoothness of the user interface, is noticeably, tangibly improved, unquote. From Sam Grobart, at Bloomberg, reviewing both the 6S and the 6S Plus, quote, with prodigious speed, well-thought-out interfaces, and flawless hardware and software integration, these new iPhones provide the tool for whatever it is you're doing and just let you do it. The best thing about the 6S and 6S Plus isn't all the new stuff to pay attention to, it's all the stuff you never notice, unquote. From Matthew Panzerino, TechCrunch, reviewing also both the 6S and the 6S Plus, quote, both the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus are worth your attention and if it's in your budget, a purchase. The camera alone is worth the price of admission. It's truly great. And the glimpse into the future of three-dimensional computing is just a bonus, unquote. So there are some of the key reviews from the early guys that and girls that were given iPhone 6s and 6 6s's and 6s pluses to review prior to the launch. Hope that helps you make your decision for this Friday. 
BGR had an article titled Six Ways the iPhone 6S is Better Than the iPhone 6. First is 3D Touch, and it's probably the biggest difference. Unless you are into selfies, then the S version front camera is much better, as is the rear camera, and that would be the biggest advantage. Plus, there's also the live photos thing. There are now more colors. Okay, rose gold is nice, but really? There's a reason? Okay, whatever. The new housing, if you were one of the handful of people that bent their iPhone 6 Plus or 6, well, the new version is supposed to be much, much harder to bend. Well, maybe Consumer Reports can kind of do a video on that and let us know for sure if that's the case. Then there's the better processor and better RAM, which equals better performance. And then better battery life. Well, battery life is expected to actually be better. Uh, Hard to see what it's going to be. Let's wait for a few tests to be done before throwing this one out there as a reason to upgrade. A couple of other items that are new and improved with the 6S and 6S Plus, but not mentioned by BGR, are one, faster touch ID. Two, more LTE bands, because you can't have too many LTE bands. Three, faster Wi-Fi. Four, being able to say H-E-Y Siri anytime you need to and have her respond even when not plugged in. And five, with 3D Touch on the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, force touching on the keyboard brings up the trackpad mode. I look forward to hearing back from those of you that get the 6S and 6S Plus this next week. Please call the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know your purchasing experience if you waited online to get one. And let me know your overall feeling of the new iPhone, which one you got, and what you were replacing. Now, if past reviews and new specs were not enough to push you, well, some of you off the fence, some early benchmark tests have come in, and they are crazy, man. I'm talking just crazy. The iPhone 6S is as powerful as Apple's new 2015 12-inch Retina MacBook. The iPhone 6S scored a 2292 in a single-core test and a 4293 on a multi-core test. The Retina MacBook 1.1 gigahertz version had a single core score of 2295 and a multi-core score of 4464. So just slightly better than what the new iPhone 6S is. I guess you can say, you know, the old, is that a computer in your pocket joke? Well, well, now, not really a joke. One of our sponsors today is Trunk Club. Visit trunkclub.com slash TII. Trunk Club takes the hassle out of clothes shopping. What Trunk Hub does is a few things. First, they ask you what your style is, what type fit you like, what your sizes are, and then they put you in contact with a personal stylist. Mine is Mary. Hello, Mary. Then you talk and discuss what type of clothes and kind of clothes that you are looking for, pants or shirts or jackets or whatever. And then you get a trunk sent out to you full of clothes that fit perfectly and look great, that you can try on on your own In your house, no rush, no pressure. You get to walk around where you get to a real feel for your clothes. I had three different sports coats slash blazers sent in my trunk. All of them looked great and were, of course, from the best brands. I then went and tried those on with my different shirts that I already owned. And then I was easily able to figure out the one that worked best with what I already had. And also was different from all the other coats that I already owned. So now I have a great new sports coat that really complements what I already owned. I did wear that sports coat at the LA PodFest this past weekend where I was there. Yes, I am officially a Trunk Club customer, and it could not have been any easier. And again, 
I did get very positive and nice comments about my new sports coat while at that show. I said thanks and quickly stated that it came from Drunk Club. Both shows, and I went to the other show early in the month, so both shows I went to, the comments and compliments were very nice and unasked for. One thing I really liked about Trunk Club Experience is that I was able to try on the different items and see how they did or did not differ from what I already owned, which was nice as it helps to keep you from buying duplicates. You simply put the items back in the trunk that you don't want. Keep what you like, send the rest back, and there is no pressure to keep anything. No one looking at you as you put the items back in the trunk. Folks, this is not a subscription service. You only get the trunks you ask for when you're done. They have already included a return shipping label and tape for the trunk, and they give you a number to call for quick pickup by UPS. All of this can be done without stepping outside your house at all. Right now, the entire styling service is free. Even the shipping is free. You only pay for the clothes you keep. To take advantage, go right now to trunkclub.com TII. Again, that's trunkclub.com TII for trunk filled with great looking and fitting clothes that you are going to love wearing. Thanks, Trunk Club, for supporting the show and for helping me look snappy at LA PodFest and the content marketing world. Hi, Rob. This is Jan from Las Vegas. I go to a gym, and every time I go to gym, I have to hand them my card. Or what I did was I took a picture of my membership card, and every time I go to the gym, I got to go to photos, I got to go to a folder, and I've got to open that photo and then hand them my phone so they could scan that the barcode. What I'd like to know, is there a way to put an icon on my springboard of my iPhone so that when I touch it, it will open that photo? I don't care if it opens it in, in, in iPhotos or any other app, but I don't want to go looking for the photo. I just want to tap it and have it open so that I can hand the phone to the attendant as I walk into the gym. If anybody could help me with that, I would really appreciate it. Love the show, of course. And uh, I will be talking to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Hi, Jen. Thanks for calling into the show. This is what you need to do. First, get that image that you want uploaded to a reliable server somewhere. If you happen to have a Lipson account, upload it via FTP into your assets folder. Then you email yourself the direct URL for that image. In the case of an image, its URL will be, if you do it at Lipson, would be assets.libson.com slash images slash your show slug slash your file name. Once you get that in your email, click on it. And then when the image opens in Safari at the bottom of the screen, tap on the box with the arrow coming out and then select add to home screen. And then whenever you need that to get that as an open as an image, just one tap and there it is. Make sure the file size is smaller, you know, less than 200 K in file size, and it will open almost instantly even with a slow data connection. You don't need a Libsyn account to do this. Any service that allows you to upload and get a static URL for that file should work. Uh, you just need to get that URL into your, into your mail app, uh, you know, mail it to yourself, and then click on it. Um, some services like Libsyn will work better than others, uh, but at least I can recommend at least the Libsyn service, Stan, I think you have a Libsyn account. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm in Canada. I went into settings, general language, and region and set my region to United States, rebooted the phone, and the news app was on my home screen. Love the show. Regards, Darcy. And I heard similar messages from other people in other countries. So if you want to get the news app, you're not in the U.S. If you change your region to the U.S. and reboot, 
you should get the news app if you want to check it out in iOS 9. Hey, Rob, this is Scott in Milwaukee calling. I'm enjoying your latest episode, and I just wanted to let you know it's Fond du Lac. And by the way, go green and gold. See you, Rob. Love the show. Bye-bye. Hey, Rob, it's Scott from Milwaukee again. I just wanted to tell you to have a great time when you go to Lambeau. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but it's an incredible experience, and you'll see a crowd that will cheer a great play by the opposition just as well as the home team. It's really a neat thing to see a team that's publicly owned and uh, see, see what you experience there. So have a, have a wonderful time. See ya. Scott, thank you for the voicemail messages, and I am looking forward to our trip up to Green Bay next week for the uh, Monday night game against the Chiefs. Go Chiefs! And uh, the next episode will come out after that, so I'm thinking either late the 29th, because I'm driving back the 29th, or more likely late on the 30th. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, I am pleased to say my autistic son has finally spoken. The Below app is what we have been getting him to use. It did cost $330, but it was worth it as it helps him to communicate with us. The app is proloco to go It's P-R-O-L-O-Q-U-O-2, the number two, go. And it is a symbol-based AAC by Assistive Wear. Again, that is Proloco 2 or Proloco 2. And I'll have a link in the show notes for that. And regards, Steve, and that was from Steve in Brisbane. So Steve, congratulations on that. I've also talked to other people that have recommended that app highly as well for their children that had uh, trouble speaking and that helped them also going. Yes, it is $330, but I would imagine right now that was $330 well, well spent. So again, Steve, congratulations and thank you for the heads up on that. Hi, Rob. The app I use the most on my iPhone is the podcast app, and I just noticed that in iOS 9, all available episodes of any podcast show are now showing up in the app. This is by far my favorite new feature slash fix. Also, in case anyone had episodes in their on-the-go list and is wondering where they went in the new app, they are now in the up-next list. In order to see when you use the app for the first time, Uh, you need to start playing an episode. Then tap on the Now Playing bar at the bottom, and then on the icon with three lines and three dots, all your on-the-go episodes should show up in the same order. To add add to the Up Next list, tap the three dots icon next next to any podcast episode, and then Add to Up Next, to add the episode to the bottom of the list for play next to add it to the top. Uh, when you uh, do this for the first time, you might be asked if you want to empty the up next list. So make sure you don't do that if you want to keep your old on your old on the go episodes. Hope someone finds this helpful. Regards, Eddie in Sweden. Thanks, Eddie, for the heads up on that. Luckily, you're able to actually use the podcast app, so I can't even tell folks what the new features are of the podcast app in iOS 9 because I've never been able to get it to work. Just saying. Hi, Rob. This is Mindy from Valley Springs, California again. Just wanted to let everybody know that with the new iOS 9 update, Siri is a little different. If you press the button for Siri on your iPhone without headphones, you get like a taptic vibration no longer an audible sound. 
I thought this was really strange, so I called Apple, and they said, indeed, that was a new feature. There was nothing wrong with my iPhone, that when you press Siri now, you just get like a vibration. When, she, when you ask her something, and then when she hears it, you hear another one. Anyway, just thought your uh, listeners would be interested in this. So, But if you wear headphones, you do hear the audible sound instead of the taptic vibration. Okay, thanks, Rob. Keep up the good work. Love your show. Mindy, thanks for the heads up there. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I funded the Snap's successful Kickstarter campaign and paid for the privilege. Now, apparently, I have to enter a discount code in another site to claim it. Being the suspicious type, this is somehow seems wrong to me. I've supported other campaigns and have not experienced this. Comments, regards, Bob in Hamilton, Ontario. Hi, Bob. They had a huge, huge number of backers, and they needed to go that way. I used it, and it seemed to work fine. They had been warning before it was over that they were going to go this way. Otherwise, it was just was not going to be manageable using the Kickstarter tools for all the people they had funded. They had a lot, a lot of funders. So not something to worry about. Actually, would be more worried if they did not do that and were trying to manage this through Kickstarter because other campaigns in the past that have tried to manage with Kickstarter with this number of funders had problems. And speaking of Kickstarter, well, that did not take long, and I am talking about the Kickstarter project called Pad and Pencil. Quote, Elegantly carry your iPad Pro and Apple Pencil in this high-grade oil-tanned leather sleeve, unquote. Yep, this is for the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil. And this one had a very modest goal of $4,000 and has already raised over five k So it is funded and has until November 2nd at 10.17 p.m. Central Time for you to fund this even more. Pricing on this is $80. You can choose between black, camel, and taupe. You can choose a version that works with the iPad Pro with the smart cover or one that was without the smart cover. For those that were looking for Apple for an answer for where to put your Apple Pencil, this Kickstarter project is one answer. Search for pad and pencil at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 365 over at todayinios.com. Into the email bag we go. Rob, I think you and the listeners should check out this article to clear up some confusion about how big Apple TV apps will be able to get. There's a too long, did not read at the bottom of it as well, regards Jonathan Perry. Seems iMore has an article that clears up some initial misunderstandings about how big apps can get on Apple TV. The 200 megabit app limit is for the initial download bundle. Once you open the app, it can download up to 2 gig more per app with up to 20 gig of other resources available in the cloud. Now it should be pointed out, the initial iOS app bundle can be 2 gig in size versus just 200 megabyte in size for the TV OS apps. So the iOS app bundles can be bigger initially than the TV OS apps. Okay. So that's a little different than how it was initially reported, but it seems odd of Apple to restrict the initial download to 200 megabytes and have a min storage size of 32 gig for an Apple TV, whereas iOS devices have an initial download size of 2 gig and a min storage size of 16 gig. Just seems not balanced. Either way, it sounds like app devs will have plenty of room to work with to get some great-looking and image-rich apps on Apple TV, even if it means the initial download is only 200 megabytes. 
My sons are already asking about Minecraft and looking forward to playing games on the Apple TV. Tim Cook said something recently I'm not sure I like, and that is Apple may let users delete native apps they don't use. Seems in an interview with BuzzFeed News, Mr. Cook said he knows that customers want this option, but some apps like Messages, Safari, and Mail are too core to the system and UI experience to be deleted. Quote, This is a more complex issue than it first appears. There are some apps that are linked to something else on the iPhone. If they were to be removed, they may cause issues elsewhere on the phone. There are other apps that aren't li like that. So, over time, I think the ones that aren't like that will figure out a way for you to remove them, unquote. I like the idea that people could uninstall the podcast app. If they leave that as a critical app, sure, I'm fine with the compass and news and tips apps being removed. But podcast app? No, that would hurt podcasting, and I don't want that. Of course, got to get the podcast app to work. Don't expect uh, any of this until at least iOS 10, if even then. Personally, I would rather just see the min size of the iPhone increase to 32 gig size, and that would, you know, take care of a lot of those issues. Just saying. Some folks have already found out the file size of 4K videos on the new S-level phones. A one-minute video at 4K and 30 frames per second will take up to 375 meg of space versus a 1080p HD video at 30 frames per second, which will take 130 meg of space, and versus that of a 60 meg of space for a 720p 30 frame per second video. So that means a 16 gig iPhone where only about 12 gig is actually available. If you had no other apps installed and no other resources taking up space, you could store about 30 minutes of video recorded at 4K. Of course, you will not have zero apps and resources. At best, you'll have 6 gig of space available or around 15 minutes of space for 4K videos. A 128 gig iPhone will get you over 5 hours of video storage at 4K video recording assuming a similar amount of apps as the iPhone with 6 gig of, that was had the 6 gig of space. Hey Rob, Rich in Huntsville, Alabama. I think you're being too hard on Apple for the 16 gig version of the new iPhones. I have uh, two people in my life that uh, have not installed an app or they have maybe one or two and that's all they'll ever have. And that's my mother-in-law and my wife. They're as far from technical as you can possibly be. They absolutely love their iPhones, but they're just never gonna add anything. They don't use three-fourths of the apps that come on the iPhone. They do Facebook, email, text, and the phone, and that's almost it. So I think a 16 gig phone is fine for them, and, and if they paid for, even if it was only 20 or $50 more for a 32 gig phone, that'd be a few dollars more for something they'd never use. Anyway, thanks. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Rich, thanks for the feedback, but still with the video recording, especially 4K with the new devices, I can't recommend anything less than the 64 gig version. Folks, don't buy the 16 gig. Please, please don't do it. You're going to regret it if you do it. It just, it, the storage isn't there for 4K video recording. Uh, Rob, I had a theory about why Apple is calling Force Touch 3D Touch on the iPhone. I'm not an Apple Watch owner, but I believe Force Touch is a single level on the iPhone. They talk about pressing lightly to preview, then harder to pop in. 
which sounds like there may be more than one level. I could be misinterpreting it, but seems logical. Also heard something that makes a lot of sense for why there's still a 16-gig model iPhone on the market. Credit goes to Adam Christensen of the MacCast for this one. He mentioned that a lot of enterprises use 16-gig versions because they limit their employees on what content they can install on their work phone. This made a lot of sense. Regards, Lou V. Lou, thanks for the email. And yeah, I can see, okay, on the work side of things. But even then, if you're an IT guy, come on. Give your folks a chance to do a little video recording with the phone they have to carry around with them. Hi, I would like to take a minute to introduce you to Crowdviz. Crowdviz is an iPhone app that gives blind and vision impaired users the ability to receive visual assistance from a staff of verified and trained sighted individuals by connecting them through a video streamer connection. How do you use it? Simply by pressing the I'm requesting assistance button, Crowdviz searches for an available assistant. The video streamer is then initiated and within seconds you are connected to a sighted assistant ready to help you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. At the end of your call, you can rate the service. Crowdviz offers trusted assistance, reliable technology, and quality service. Download the Crowdviz app today from the Apple Store. Thanks for the dev to send in their review of their app, Crowdviz. That's C-R-O-W-V-I-Z, one word, Crowdviz. And remember, if you're an app dev and you have an app that's free and can't get it into the promo giveaway segment, we can always play it later in the episode. Just email me that 60-second or less audio review of your app, and I will play it for you in a future episode, no cost. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have a good question for the show. I want to pre-order an iPhone 6S and pay full price for the iPhone, no subsidy. Which, if any of the versions of the iPhone 6S, T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, comes unlocked? I know that it is not advertised as unlocked, but I have a feeling some or all of the versions are unlocked, assuming I pay full price for the phone. Thanks. Itamar, West Hills, California. Hi, Itamar. Per an agreement with the FCC, the Verizon smartphone that you that has LTE needs to be unlocked. So that is the one you will want if you are wanting to pre-order an unlocked iPhone. Or you can go to the Apple Store and get one from them unlocked, it just might be a while before they have any stock. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have an iPhone 5S that I really like. However, I really want to start using Apple Pay and NFC functionality. Almost all of the stores I shop at regularly support Apple Pay, so it would really add to my iOS experience. At first, I thought about upgrading to the 6 or 6 Plus, but I figured I should wait to see what the new features would be announced for the 6S and 6S Plus to see if it would be better to go for the latest model. The other thing I'm considering is maybe keeping my iPhone 5S and going for an Apple Watch instead. I currently have a Pebble, but as you know, it doesn't do nearly as much as the Apple Watch. If you were me, what would be a better option out of the three? The 6, 6S, or the watch? Thanks for the show and keep up the great work. Sincerely, Gabriel from Sacramento. Hey, Gabriel. If the main reason and the primary reason that you want to upgrade is to get the Apple Pay option, then just go with the Apple Watch and pair it to your iPhone 5S. However, if you feel only the 5S is a little long in the tooth, the battery life isn't what you want it to be, you want better pictures, you want better features, then go with the 6S. Forget the 6, that, take that one off the table. So really your choice is between the Apple Watch and the 6S. 
The Apple Watch is going to cost you $349, $399, depending on the version you get. The 6S is going to cost you more. So I guess it really comes down to what is the main reason for your upgrade? If it's just about Apple Pay, get the Apple Watch. But if you want more other features, touch, you know, 3D touch, great camera, any of the other new features we've talked about on the show already, then go to the 6S. Back to email bag. Hey, Rob, I thought this was one of the better Apple events this year. I didn't miss the business statistics at all. I am not an Apple Watch person yet, so that was the least interesting to me. The iPad Pro looks nice, but the real wow factor combination with the Apple Pencil is what I liked. I don't have a real reason yet to buy it, though. 3D Touch on the iPhones looks great, too, but I think we're holding off on upgrades for now. All purchased iPhones here. I will be bet we will buy the Apple TV, though. It's just a matter of time if it can... Pause, material streamed over AirPlay, I think we'll have a nice holiday sale. Right now, we stream a lot of content from an iMac in another room. In order to pause, resume, we have to run down to the Mac. If not, we'll probably wait until there are a few great apps, Amazon app, hopefully. Uh, The recorded stream of the keynote worked almost flawlessly. The last one was painfully bad, though. And hey, I sort of like the one revolution. Um, had never heard them, haven't heard of that band before, uh, but thought they were pretty good. Nothing was too awkward except maybe Eddie Q's shirt. Regards, Dan. Well, thanks, Dan, for the feedback. Rob, hi. This is Scott calling from Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill. I need a favor. I need to throw a, a challenge out to the audience to see if they can help me out with an, a device I'm looking for that works with iOS type of phones that I could signal someone in a remote location that either a shipment's coming in or that there's a job waiting or that kind of like a firehouse signal, you know, that it is signal everyone in this, let's say in the break room or something, saying that we have a fire emergency or something like that, that I can activate at a location that has Wi-Fi through my iOS device that I can send a signal to this remote location with Wi-Fi saying, alert, alert, what have you, and then whoever's in the room, whoever's there, can call in and say, what's the alert, what's the response, what's the what have you. If any of the listeners know of any kind of Bluetooth device, a wireless device, or alarm device, or something that just does that, flashing, blinking, warning, maybe sound or something that you can operate wirelessly through the Internet or, yeah, I guess through a wireless Internet or something like that. I'd love to send that challenge out to see if anyone can help me with a device like that. I haven't seemed to be able to find anything like that. I greatly appreciate it. Love the show. Thanks. If anyone can help Scott out, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Okay, this one seems too funny to be true. But it has been widely reported, so sure, let's go with it. Seems in China in the past, and even very recent past, people were trying to sell organs to get an iPhone. Not the funny part. Well, now they can sell a part of them that does not require any surgery to remove. Actually, no pain at all. Quite the opposite. A sperm bank in China is looking to pay for donations with enough cash for you to get a new iPhone. 
There are certain criteria you need to meet, such as being over five foot four inches tall and possess a college degree and have no genetic diseases. Woohoo! I qualify. I guess that gives a whole new definition to force touch. Insert rim shot here. Switching gears, in what I would assume is completely unrelated news, it appears the fist bump has replaced the handshake at Apple stores in China. Thanks to Orlean Radu for um, the Google Plus community, and I'm sure I killed your name there. Sorry, Orlean, or however you pronounce your name. I, I'm bad with names. Sorry, folks. Um, anyway, thanks for the link to the page on the Apple.com site where they have the pricing for all of the countries for iCloud. So sorry for everyone outside the U.S. when I get all U.S.-centric on pricing. Orion, thank you for that link. Um, it's just, you know, it's hard to go through pricing for all the countries where we have downloads, which is basically in all countries. And that would just take a long time for me to go over it. Rather, I'll just say this. Look for the link in the show notes titled iCloud Storage Pricing, and you will be able to see what the iCloud pricing is for your country. What are some pickup lines? You auto-complete me. What are some pickup lines? Like the ideal vacuum. You're the only thing in my universe. What are some pickup lines? I'm attracted to you like the Earth is attracted to the sun, with a large force inversely proportional to the distance squared. What are some pickup lines? Are you a 45-degree angle? Because you're a cutie. What are some pickup lines? You had me at hello world. What are some pickup lines? My love for you is a monotonically increasing unbounded function. What are some pickup lines? Is your name Bluetooth? Because I'm really feeling a connection. What are some pickup lines? Mud flaps, enclosed cab, rear cargo area. What are some pickup lines? Ford F-150, Holden Ute, GMC Sierra 3500, Lorry. Thanks again to Trunk Club for sponsoring this episode. Right now, their entire styling service is free. Even the shipping is free. You only pay for the clothes you keep. To take advantage, go right now to trunkclub.com slash TII. Again, that's trunkclub.com slash TII for a trunk filled with great looking and fitting clothes that you are going to love wearing. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. All that feedback can be anything, but uh, why don't you focus on if you're getting a new iPhone, especially if you're getting a new iPhone 6S or 6S Plus, tell us what you got, what you thought about it, why you liked it. This is your show again, and your feedback is always greatly appreciated, and we're always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Maybe you created it on that new iPhone, or you've created some music. Again, if it's done on the iOS device, just send it into the show. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a big thanks again to casper.com for their support of TII. And if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you will save $50 off a mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. Finally, there is the TII app, which is free to you. Just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications every time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And did I mention it is free? And folks, that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. 
This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Hello Rob, it's Daniel from Wisbeach in Cambridgeshire. I was actually just down Wiesnam Lane in Wisbeach, if you want to look it up on Apple Maps. Uh, buying two new brake discs from a car, 40 quid. Car's only worth 30, technically I'm operating a 10 pound negative. Wow, my life is just amazing right now. Which incidentally leads me on to my next point. I think Apple think we're basically just big fat cash cows that are gonna roll over so they can just milk our teat and all the time with a big smile on my face. Well. Technically we are, Um, and with this Apple event, it seems like I'm gonna be a little bit more penniless as the days roll on. However, I did have some good luck in Vegas, because as you know, I've been on a whistle-stop tour. Started off in LA, went round San Fran, Death Valley, Vegas, and then back to LA. Thankfully, the only good thing is that your petrol prices ain't like they are here in the UK, and uh, that didn't cripple me halfway around. I was able to then secure my massive win at Vegas, which I'm now gonna massively gloat about. I put one dollar in, and that's right, I got $11 out. What did I do with it? 
I popped it straight in the skyrocket, baby, because technically that's 110% profit. Who else can say they went to Vegas and they're 110% profit? So, the special event. I was looking forward to it on the way home, so I'm a little bit late. A man called Steve once said, who wants a stylus? But Apple have a long history of looking at what the competition does and then doing it better. So now is the time for a stylus. And when you're dealing with the iPad Pro, which is technically like taking out your window pane, um, you're gonna need something a bit more substantial than just your fingers. Uh, incidentally, the first thought that occurred to me is, what's it gonna be like now with people who take pictures on an iPad? Is it gonna be like, you might as well just watch what they're watching through a great big screen that's being put up in front of your head as you stand behind them at the concert, sports game, pub, wedding, or um, sex fest. Uh, sorry, no, that's not sex fest, that's, that's Vegas. Don't worry about that. What happens in Vegas, we're not supposed to talk about. <sighs> Moving on. How do I feel about it? Well, I'm probably gonna buy the 6S because five megapixel front-facing flash camera. For someone that takes as many pictures of my beard as I do, that is like a moth to the flame to me. So that's gonna be where my money goes. Operating system two on the Apple Watch. That's interesting. I'm gonna watch that keenly because I've so far not wished to go into the uh, iWatch. <laughs> iWatch? What the hell? What? Am I like Johnny Ives' right-hand man that knows all this sort of new Fandango typo tech i don't even know what i'm talking about i'm jet lag rob the apple watch operating system 2 the apple tv i could be swayed the ipad pro no not interested never have been really interested in ipad to be fair so that's my two pennies. i'm back now so i look forward to listening to the podcast i haven't actually had a chance to um and i look forward to obviously interacting i doubt anybody's missed me but Fingers crossed, um, I might actually come back with something interesting and informative. You never know. But for now, have a nice day. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the... <laughs> Welcome to your show. Why will Microsoft dominate the tablet market? The answer is... Sus <laughs> we are now to... Well, you can choose to... Uh, the one with the eye. Hey, I wanted to add in one more note because I don't think I mentioned it in the, in the episode and I'm pretty sure I didn't. And that is that the Apple stores will be opening as always at 8 a.m. on Friday the 25th. So on Friday the 25th, if you're looking to get online, Apple will be opening up their Apple stores in your local time at 8 a.m. for you to get an iPhone. So I just want to throw that out of there. As always, 8 a.m. Apple has confirmed that for the 25th to get your iPhone if you're going to be one of those waiting in line.